Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord, and he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn away many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will be go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. Elizabeth is still home. She doesn't know about any of this stuff. Now the text tells us that after this, Zechariah goes out, but he can't say a word. Why not? Because Zechariah goes, Oh, can this happen? I'm old, she's old. We can't have any kids now. And the angel says, Because you don't believe my word, you aren't going to speak until these things come about. Everybody knows he's seen a vision. Why else would he be struck dumb? The tradition was that a priest might see a vision of the Lord, and all these people assume that he's seen a vision of the Lord. So they want to know, what is it? Zachariah, hey, what, what happened? Tell us, what did you see? What's going on? Tell us, man. And he's going, hmm? <laughs> And he goes home. Can you imagine him writing in Hebrew to his beloved? Liz, you're going to have a baby. I didn't believe the angel. That's why I can't speak. But you're going to have a baby. And it says, after a time she conceived, and now she's going to bear a child. It also tells us she stayed home for five months. Want to know why? We'll talk about it right now. Everyone knew that the righteous and blameless and steadfast Elizabeth and Zechariah had a secret issue between them and God. They didn't know what it was, but they knew without any doubt that there was an issue. And the issue was sin of one form or another. Therefore, Elizabeth was barren. There is no truth to the rumor. I've known sinful people that have given birth. I've known sinful people that have conceived and had kids. But everybody knew, though the scriptures didn't declare it, Everybody knew that if you couldn't have a kid, first it was the woman's fault, never the man's. Just make that clear. It's always the woman's fault. And second, there's sin involved because the Lord closes your womb because you're too sinful to have a kid. Now this story should remind you a little bit of the story of Abraham and Sarah. Why? Because they're old and an angel comes and says, Guess what? You're going to have a kid. And Sarah is listening behind the tent flap and goes, mm. <laughs> ah, 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 ah. 
And the angel says, wipe laughter, so I didn't laugh. So they named the kid Child of Laughter. It should remind you of the story of Hannah. Remember how Hannah was praying for a kid. She desperately wants a child. But the Lord, it says, has closed her womb. He's got an important point for her to fulfill. So he doesn't allow her to have a child until his timing. And then that child is Samuel, who has an important task on behalf of the Lord. God had kept Elizabeth and Zachariah from conceiving a child until this time. And this miraculous child will have an important task to perform before the Lord. But Elizabeth and Zachariah knew they were blameless before the Lord. They followed all of his ways. They kept the laws. They did everything they were to do. So for five months, she stays home. And then the baby bump starts to show. It says she stayed home because she wants to demonstrate that the reproach has been taken away from her. So she's probably out there. So that everybody will know she is not an unrighteous woman. She is a righteous woman. She is an old woman. She is ancient of days. She is too old to have a kid. This is a miracle kid. But see, I'm not unrighteous. I am blameless before the Lord. I am faithful in all of my ways. And she was. So she keeps herself from public view. She had endured reproach long enough, and now it's time to rejoice. When she was six months pregnant, in her sixth month of pregnancy, that's when the angel goes to Mary. And Mary hears that she's going to conceive and have a child, and she is told, your cousin Elizabeth is in her sixth month. So Mary goes off to see Elizabeth, and when Mary shows up to Elizabeth and Zachariah's home, what happens? Elizabeth says, the baby, you notice how it says, filled with the Spirit of God from the womb, the baby inside me left for joy. How is it that the mother of my Lord should visit me? She had already been visited by the Lord. The angel of the Lord had visited, and now she's got a baby. But now, the Lord is right here. And little John the baptizer, not yet ready to talk, preach, grow a full beard, or wear a camel's hair clothing, eat uh, locust and wild honey, little John the baptizer in the womb jumps up and down because his cousin, Jesus, is there. I love this story. It's a great story. You see, even in faithful, even faithful and righteous people may endure difficulties. Have you ever noticed when something goes bad, you say, why me? Why does it happen to me? 
Why is it that I lost the $10 bill? I need that $10 bill. What did I do wrong? Why did God allow me to lose a $10 bill? Have you noticed that seldom is it your fault? Our first move is to blame God. God, why did you allow this to happen to me? I know that nothing happens to me unless you allow it. Why did you allow it to happen? I've been good. I've not done anything to offend you. As far as I know, I've not offended anybody else. Why? 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 It's the same thing that Job answers. Job asks, and there is no answer for Job either. Elizabeth and Zachariah are faithful, and they are righteous. They love God. They live for God. And yet, they have that great difficulty. God allows the difficulty because he has plans. We never know about the plans. Now, I went to Sam's Club where I got this pair of glasses because I was in difficulty. I'm doing so much reading. And the bifocals that I have, because they're progressive lenses, I've got this little tiny window that's right about here to read. And so I'm moving my head from left to right, trying to find the right spot. Then I'll look away and type something, and then I'll look back and I can't find the spot again. So I was in difficulty. And I went to Sam's Club and I met Tim, who said, oh yeah, progressives are not really good for reading. Not if you can do a lot of reading. He says, I understand completely. Let's get you fixed up. And he sets about getting me fixed up. And he's a talkative guy, as he said, I was not, I didn't kiss the Blarney Stone. He said, I swear, Kevin, I was born on the Blarney Stone. He says, I'll tell you my whole life story. I know my whole life story. And I know now about the death of his father. I know about his mother. I know about Tim's life. Because he just started to pour things out. And I was able to say to him, you really need to find a place to worship. That if you're looking for a place to worship, you can come to the ark. Even if it's not your permanent home. It's okay. We don't mind. You can come here. It's a nice group of people. They'll love on you. They'll help you feel comfortable. It'll be okay. And then when you decided where it is that you want to go, you can go with our blessing. Perfectly okay. The difficulty turned to a real opportunity, even though I wasn't expecting either. Faithful and righteous people may endure difficulties in life, but God will see you through the difficulties just like he saw Elizabeth and Zechariah through the difficulties. And notice that even in the difficulties, Elizabeth remained steadfast. This is not the first year that she's been barren. She's been barren ever since she and Zechariah got married. She's not had a kid. They've not had a kid. There is no kid forthcoming. Every year, year in and year out, and as Zachariah puts it, we're advanced in age. Who knows how many years? 30 years? 40 years? They've been living in this condition. She's borne the reproach, and she has remained faithful to God. 
in the midst of the difficulties, we remain steadfast to the word of the Lord. He gives us the ability to do that. So we can endure. We can go through it. I've noticed that nowhere in Scripture does it say your life will be fine. From the moment you receive Jesus, you're going to have joy. You're going to hear angels singing. The bells are going to be ringing. You're going to go down the street. Your car will never run out of gas. You'll never get in an auto accident. You'll never be sick. Don't worry about anything. Life is going to be just hunky-dory. Uh, just as God will see you through. And God saw Elizabeth and Zachariah through, and they remained steadfast. But here's the third thing. Zachariah and Elizabeth, as righteous people, knew the word of God. And when baby Jesus, still in the womb of Mary, comes in, Elizabeth is overjoyed that the Messiah is coming in her lifetime. So many Christians today have adapted to the culture of the world. And we give lip service to the idea that the Lord is going to return. Yeah, the Lord's going to return. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that in the meantime, I need a bigger house and I need a better car. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I need a better camera. Yeah, I know the Lord's going to return sometime, someday. And we file away in the back of our minds. And Elizabeth and Zachariah have kind of filed this away in the back of their minds. But as soon as the opportunity becomes real to them, as soon as they say, Oh, look! Something remarkable is happening. Why? Because the Lord appeared to Zechariah in the temple, and then little Johnny jumps up and down inside Elizabeth's womb, and she goes, Wow, this is the day we've been looking for. Their whole life changes in an instant when Mary and the baby Jesus entered the room. So listen to the text. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. She's not just talking about Mary. She's talking about herself. The angel tells Zechariah that the baby's going to be the forerunner of the Messiah. He's going to do remarkable things. He's going to have the spirit of Elijah. 
And Elizabeth says, Blessed is she who believed there would be fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Mary believes there's a fulfillment that is coming. She's got the baby in her womb. But Elizabeth knows there's a fulfillment of what the Lord has promised. Because she's six months along. And that baby is leaping for joy. She is going to see the promised Messiah. Now fast forward a few months. When Joseph and Mary take the baby Jesus to the temple. And there they meet two people. One of whom was named Anna. And Anna was in the temple praising God and praying every day. She is a widow. She's been a widow for many years. And she's going to see the promised Messiah. And she rejoices that she gets to see the Messiah. As Christians, we need to be looking forward with joy to the coming of the Messiah. Not just at Christmas, but the real celebration that the Messiah will return and put an end to sin and to death and to sickness and to mourning and to crying and to pain. And that will only happen when Jesus returns. When we are saved from this world of sin and then the earth is recreated as our permanent dwelling place where God dwells with us in perpetuity. We need to make sure that we are not so bound to this world that we are not anxiously looking for the coming of the Messiah. Zachariah and Elizabeth were anxiously looking for the coming of the Messiah, but who would have thought it would be in their day? So now she's rejoicing. Are we looking for the coming of the Messiah in our day? If we were, would we, leave, would we live a little bit differently? Would we act a little bit differently? Would, be, would we be more aware of God's call in our life? And how we can be faithful and steadfast and righteous before Him as faithful witnesses? Let's pray. Father, what a miracle. Zachariah and Elizabeth had given up hope of a baby being part of their lives, and then you gave them the forerunner of the Messiah. What a miracle that your son came into the world so that we could have life in him. What a miracle that you raised him from the dead that he is seated in heavenly places and we are seated with him. What a miracle. May we look expectantly for the miracle of the return of Jesus when sin and sorrow and sickness and death are no more. And we can experience the miracle of being with you. Physically with you. Forever. We pray.
praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Take and eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this as often as you eat it, remembering me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup. Again he gave thanks. He gave the cup to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This cup is a new covenant in my blood, poured out for you and for many in remission of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, remembering me. Father, as we come to this season of the year, this holy time when we celebrate the birth of your Son into the world, the Son who would give us life, we come before you with awe and wonder that you would want to reconcile us to yourself through him. And so as we take the bread and as we take the cup, may we know the presence of our Lord Jesus who came to give us life. We praise you in his name. Amen. Driven by a dream. Would I ever again keep nights in Holy prophet of the living God. You heard a message yet to be seen for six centuries. In the cool fortress tonight, even another Song of silence. Isaiah, the prophet, saw another silent before his flock, seeing the sin of nations thrust upon his shoulders. Given the wicked's grave, he had more Jesus. And yet, the prophet knew this simple man was the Savior. Crushed under soul-seeking suffering, he took the wrongs of kings and commoners, killers and wives, judges and thieves. By his stripes were healed the high and the low, the old and the young, the wrong and the righteous. He was pierced for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities, yet he did not hold his mouth. Like a lamb before the slaughter, he was silent before our sin. Isaiah knew not his name, but he saw his own sins and washed the Lord by his name of blood. On that night, in the time of Israel kings, Isaiah knew the man who had saved the Lord. Wind whipped and sweat so the real prophet turned from black. This fact would go 680 years before the full life. And that is the difference. We know his name is name. He is the Messiah. He is Master. He is creator. He is king. He knows our sins, sets free our souls, and saves our world. He bore our wrongs, bought our lives, and baptized our future. He is Jesus, Christ, redemption, revolution, return, and ready salvation. He is the Isaiah watched and waited. We see him choose. Well, that old man had been given a hint. We know the good news. 
God has granted us the choice of salvation. We hear it. We know it. All we need to do is choose it. Go ahead. You can do this, man. No, I can't. Yes, you can. It's just church. You can invite him. Just do it. What's the worst that could happen? Hey, Roger. You want to go to church with me and my family this Christmas? <laughs> oh, my 